Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. This is Andy Littleton from Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona, sitting across from the one and only man who can wear two different colored striped shirts with collars at the same time, Eric Seepin. Hey, I have a hoodie on. It doesn't have a collar. Well, that looks like a collar to me. See, there's a hood here. Just yeah. Up, right? Do you want me to put the hood on? You can take a picture. Yeah. Oh, this is there this is go. the photo. This is it. Oh man. Anyway, we are uh, we are here at the village recording. Um, we have just had a discussion. Eric looks very monkish. Um, his his face is completely obscured by the mic, which is probably oh, perfect. Perfect. You always get your mic picture. That's right. That's right. So uh, we. Uh, <laughs> And by the way, I went back, um, you know, we our Instagram game is weak. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But the, the picture that got the most likes was just my stupid mug up in the camera. Yep. Like every time we, we post what we're really talking about or whatever, it's like eh, a couple likes, you know. I, I would whatever. like to recommend, Silly. I'd like to recommend maybe some new filters. Can we try a new filter? I was trying to have My a, wife recommended a new filter. Well, I uh, want a new filter. Please. What one? I was trying to do was have it sort of themed, but sure, maybe that doesn't work. Maybe <laughs> it's just, just a new filter. Well. That's only one filter. You got to have more filters in that. Oh, so I was trying to have it themed, Eric. Oh, I see. I was trying to make it stand out, but oh well. I don't, I'm not going to get hung up on this because we had other things to talk about today. We talked about. <laughs> Uh, what, We're what gonna did do we a talk whole about? other podcast on our Instagram. Yeah, we we should. Uh, this was kind of a kind of a news roundup. Uh, yeah. Eric and I both had big weekends. Uh, Eric's being on a retreat with people from his church, led by his dad. Um, I think you could learn something about retreats like that and value it. Um, we talked about my uh, my weekend with uh, being you know seeing my buddy and co pastor Nick get ordained in our church. Uh, finally, uh, make a a commitment to a denomination, which is new. Um, and then we discussed, we, we touched on briefly, we t- touched on Lent and yes. Ash Wednesday. We touched on yoga and said to be continued. And we touched on coronavirus and said, we'll, we'll get more information and to be continued potentially there. So um, it was, it's, it's uh, more variety. Yeah. And uh, check it out. Yeah. So I think, one of the things that we should add, because we no longer say season three, episode 25, oh, yeah. we should give people a time stamp. So this is uh, March 9th, right? Or is this the 10th? I don't know what today is. Well, when they're hearing it, it's going to be March, mid, mid-March. mid We're in mid-March 2020, yeah, so, so good, good to see you from the middle stamp. of the month. Yeah, middle of the month. <laughs> yeah, so there you the go. All right, we're ready to go. Hey, that's good to see you. That's good to see you too. I'm uh, for some reason. Oh, you're leaving now. Eric. Yes. Hello. Hey, there we are. Finally, all together. It's been a little interesting. We had to run to your house to get the key. We've uh, had some things unplugged. Power strips missing kind of feels um like a metaphor for life yes right now right um you know what i'm i'm thinking right in this moment so we 
of course, started, and we've told this story before on the podcast, but we started on a radio show, and we were the uh, interfaith roundtable, though the table was a rectangle. And we and, weren't very interfaith. And we weren't very interfaith because we were both Christians, but and still are. But, the, uh, but that's how things began. And that same uh, radio show had, like, uh, there was usually some other thing being discussed and some items from the news. Yes. And I feel like uh, that's... That's today. That's where our heads are at because we've gotten some suggestions for things to talk about, but I for sure am not ready to talk about those things. I need to, I don't, I wouldn't be informed at all. So I need to learn. And, uh, but we, we have already, you'd sent me something about Lent and Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Um, coronavirus is on people's minds. Somehow, uh, yoga was on your mind. You were on a weekend, uh, retreat. Um, sharing you your classes. story, I was at, I was at the Classus Arizona, the Christian Reformed Church. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of highlights. So, um, you know, we can just call this uh, we can call this podcast Jordan Peterson, but really just talk about highlights. That's right. And then I'll you know, and then people will stop listening right here. Right. <laughs> well, I think if we just throw in the crisis of meaning, right? Yeah, Jordan Peterson. So you can say, well, what do I think about yoga? I mean, the crisis of meaning. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's what, exactly what I mean. The Jordan Peterson pose. Mm. Mm. Oh. The, the, J, click, the JP. That'll be our clickbait. <laughs> the Jordan <laughs> Peterson pose. How yoga helps you connect oh, <laughs> to man. Jordan Peterson. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. So this, uh, so it feels to me like a radio show. So why don't we go into uh, top, top, top news <laughs> from this weekend with Eric Seepin. And Andy Littleton. <laughs> Uh, so you, yeah, so th- this learning of the master is a longstanding ministry, a portion of a ministry of your parents. Yes. And you have not done it before. I'd never gone before. I'd um, never gone before, which so, I can understand. Like if, sure. I mean, just even on a simple note, I don't, it's gotta be an interesting thing to go do your parents. Well, thing. and I think if it was my parents thing were teaching apologetics, that might be a little different. I'd probably have gone a couple times. But it's like digging into your story, which right. you're like. Involves I kinda, my parents. Involve, yeah, it's like, I want to talk about you two. <laughs> right, right. And and my perception of things. Uh, sure. So what was that like to go to a a Christian sort of almost like counseling-oriented story sharing thing under the leadership of your mom and dad. And and I know well, this might be, have been might have been their last and I'm I think it was awesome you went. It's really good you went. It would be uh it was under the leadership of my dad. So uh, because my mom obviously wasn't there but Oh, cuz it was she, a men it yeah, was it's a, a men's, men's retreat. My mom it was written the book. Here's here's the I should give you the whole quick backstory. So and not about learning to love the master other than learning to love the master. It's very first retreat which is it's a storytelling retreat, and I'll explain that in a minute. But it's very first retreat, I think, in 1995, somewhere between 95 and 97. I can't remember. Sue and I uh, catered it. So we went up to the White Mountains. Yeah. We did all the cleaning and the cooking for these women who were doing this process yeah. and kind of piloting it, trying to figure it out. So that was my first context- connection. Then about probably four or five years ago, I went to my dad and I said, you have to get this published. We need to like yeah. publish it in a book and they're self-publishing. And I tracked down some companies for him and we finally settled with one, which I'm super happy with. And then I said, this has to be in a book form 
like say for those and I'm going to be totally inside. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not going to know right. all this, but there was a, a book study called experiencing God mm-hmm. and it was a workbook and then they turned it into a book so that people could just pick up the book and read yeah. it and kind of do it without having to do the workbook. I said, you need to do that for people who just want to do this and aren't going to go on the retreat or can't find yeah. a year long thing. And so the, my wife spent a year And she basically rewrote the whole book. So much so that when my mom finally read it again, I mean, in its entirety, she put my wife's name on it because she said, oh, like, Sue rewrote this. Oh, wow. So Sue and I were in some ways a catalyst to getting the book happening because I think in some ways I just wanted to, like, it's my mom's spiritual life in one book. and Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, that's that was how it got there. Now, my dad and mom run a retreat every single year in March and I've never gone. Yeah. I don't know, maybe conveniently or just it's the reality is that I'm a Christian reformed pastor and the Christian reformed church in my region has a classes every single time, a weekend meeting every (laughs) single time there is learning to love the master. So I don't go. Yeah. Um, last year I promised somebody in our church that I would go this year, no matter what. Yeah. <clears throat> now, yeah, good. when it came to about a month before, that person said, so are you going? And at the time when I had promised, I did not know that Nick Lang was getting ordained. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Mission Church was going to join the CRC. And so I told him, no, I can't go. I need to be there. I mean, I've been in this journey. I met with Nick for a year. I, right. Andy and I, like see each other every week where our church that we've worked hard to, to have our churches understand that there's a love for each other. I got to be there. And, uh, and then I walked away from that and I felt like the Holy spirit was, but you, that would be breaking your word. Mm. And, and this person really, really, really wants you to go Mm -hmm. and it's important to them. And your dad may never do this again. Right. So, I had I went and talked to Rod and I went and yeah. talked to Mark. Well, in an elder meeting, and they said, "Yeah, you need to go." Yeah. So I would have said the same. I went, and I went with need for relaxation and with a commitment not to be a leader, not to use my guests, not to, in the sense of ministering to people, just to enjoy. Um, my dad had said, "Oh, maybe you could lead a group." I said, "No," um, and I just hung out with my guys. So there were eight nine villagers there mm-hmm. and the basic just this is the shorthand version of it is you're learning to listen to the holy spirit and right. listen to what he has to say about parts of your life yeah and this particular thing takes you back to the very beginning of your life maybe even times before you were born mm-hmm. and begins to just help you hear the spirit of god you do two sessions the first one is what have you seen the second one is what you've heard and then you read it out loud. So it's about mm-hmm. three hours of writing and then three hours of reading out loud for both sessions. People listen to you. They don't ask you, like, how did that make you feel kind of questions. Or it sounds like you're struggling. It's just things like, oh, well, I see God doing this in your story. Or it's really cool to see him do that. Or I hear him saying this here. They also say, yeah, 
you know, that's probably doesn't line up with scripture. That's probably not God. Um, mm-hmm. That did not happen in our group, partly because we were in a group of people who know scripture really well. And have kind of, a lot of you have shared stories with each other. Yeah. Already. So, yeah. so there was a, there was, it was yeah, that didn't come out that way. So anyway, it was very rich and powerful and God took it in directions I did not expect him to, mm-hmm. as he usually does when you start writing. Um, and honestly, it's the things I've been learning about the way the brain works and, and stuff, this particular process, because when you write with on paper and a pen, um, you bring your right and your left brain together. Yeah. And so you actually, what you put on paper, your brain begins to, it's an actual way of taking it out of the brain and it sort of forgets it in a way. It sort of doesn't stress about it anymore. It sort of just allows it to, to remove sort of the trauma from it. Mm. So that, that is a, a really cool, cool thing. And I'm beginning to more and more be comfortable with this idea that God has given us brains and he doesn't have a problem working with people's brains. Yeah, and I think that's a powerful thing because I think a lot of times we're really worried about getting it right, or can we hear the Holy Spirit? You hear the Holy Spirit most of the time through the actions of your brain, and God has no problem with using your brain. Yeah, um, obviously He gives guidelines and structures and things through Scripture, but He likes your brain. He's cool with it, um, and He understands that it's broken, and yeah, He's trying to help you sort it out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so it was really rich, rich time for me. It was exhausting. You hear that many stories. Yeah. And, and when they, the ones that have trauma, you kind of experience it because there's a lot of emotion there. Yeah. So you kind of are exhausted and you probably need space. You need, you shouldn't go to learning the master if you don't have a bunch of guys or girls that you meet with regularly that you can kind of process things through. I, I don't recommend it at our church and I wouldn't recommend it in anybody's church to go do this and not have anybody to go back to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've uh, gone through it four times. You're a veteran. We call you yeah. we call you a senior. You're a senior. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I, I agree with all those things. It's been um it's been there've been really important moments. Um it's there's a side of it that's refreshing, a side of it that's exhausting. And um but but really rich, but best done with with people you can walk with later. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So while I was sitting in St. David, which was absolutely beautiful, yeah. like I sat by the San Pedro for yeah. the first time day, and then the second day it rained. Yeah. So it was just this beautiful, it smelled good, everything was yeah. wonderful. While I was doing that, you were in the Mecca of Phoenix, the sitting Mecca of Phoenix, sitting in which church were you guys at? Uh, you were at Creation Church. You were at Creation Chandler. Church yeah. in Chandler, and some great and interesting things were happening to your church and to to Mr. Lane. Yeah, um, so you're gonna have to. You're like? gonna have to wait just a little bit to release oh. this podcast because we haven't um, officially well, told yeah, our we don't church have this. To yeah. release it. This yeah. is not being released till next week. So yeah, we're good. Well, that works because we're talking about we're it. We're ahead. Sunday. By the way, we're ahead due to our double yeah. podcast. So <laughs> these things are. This isn't coming out to a week from. Yeah, it's the 10th a little behind March. when when you're hearing it. But um, yeah, we met at Creation Church. Um, sat around little round tables with. Uh, with tablecloths and uh, had an agenda and did you know things people do in meetings and uh, Nick was uh, Nick was examined for ordination and and unanimously passed uh, had a couple of, of funny moments that it's it's interesting to hear somebody do a thing like that when you know them mm-hmm. and you know they're nervous 
like the, <laughs> why they're doing things nervous like, ticks and stuff yeah i mean yeah. nick nick tends to uh, sort of uh, belittle his amount of knowledge or something you know and so it was uh at one point he said i've never learned the 10 commandments he definitely knows the 10 commandments i just i know what he means like what he meant is i didn't grow up in the church and nobody made me memorize them in order um that's that's but right he because he's nervous just says you know because he was kind of like trying to go through the 10 commandments and then just says i never learned the 10 commandments now he's taught them i've heard him you know but uh it's funny to witness that as somebody who knows him and knows why right, he right. said it that way. Right. And then imagine what it's like to not know <laughs> the person and go, Oh, what, what, how, how'd you become a pastor? Um, but I'm sure that would be the case of, of anybody. Uh, like if I were to have sat in on your examination, I, I probably would have seen like, Oh, this is Eric, you know, doing this his way. And, and I, I'm sure sitting in on mine was like that too. My, answers are my style and my sure. ways, my right. ways of trying to uh make myself comfortable and and i and, i even and remember it earlier yeah and how yeah. methods of remembering things and yeah you gotta sure. you have to certain ways you talk certain things you're going to touch on so that it'll trigger more things in your head totally <laughs> so yeah totally and uh so that was that was interesting but but at the end you know people people thought he seemed to really be thoughtful thinker um i think something that was acknowledged was that he wasn't um you know didn't wasn't like through and through a crc person which was great that that came through because that's exactly true i mean that's what we have been saying all along is that though we we think this is a good partnership that it you know the crc itself isn't our definer and um the the people coming in our our leaders our elders aren't probably going to ever fit the mold a hundred percent. Um, no, well, I would say never, did never it, will a hundred percent. Did any of your elders come up? Uh, no, interestingly, um, one of them was out of town. One was working. The other was working late and would have gotten there when it was virtually over. And, uh, and the other was also out of town. So it, well, they, they, I believe there was an honest desire to be there and it just didn't work for anybody. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but, but honestly we had a, we had a great, time Friday, which is where Nick was examined and where we, uh, ended up, yeah, talking about our church's involvement, which that conversation was honestly very quick. And it was, we said, you know, that the majority of our church, if you'd done a yes and no vote in our church, it, it would have looked like 90% yes. And, uh, if you'd done, we did a percentage where we told people to vote 90, 10, 60, 40, you know, give us a little more nuance of where they were. And then we added up the percentages and the yeses were 75% and then the other 25 is dispersed between um the middle and the and the no and the nos were there were very few right um and so we shared that information and you know they've shared cuz they had folks come and visit us and there was a great little moment where uh, one of the guys said you know it's a it's a very uh it is a very you know, if you really, if you really look at it, if you really examine it, it really is a reformed service. And he said they did a call to worship. And then he said, I mean, it was a song by Miley Cyrus, but you knew what they were trying to do, which was funny. Cause, uh, we, we sometimes will just the song that's played to get people's attention will be something on theme of the, right of the scripture. So I was talking about Jesus at the party. So the guy opening up, uh, 
our service that we played party in the USA for a second or, you know, 30 seconds while people sat down and then we <laughs> said hello and stuff like that. So that it was, it was a very funny, um, thing that was acknowledged in this meeting, but he basically said it, it's, they, they do the same things we do. They're preaching the gospel. We're in full support. And then there was really no questions. And then uh, I think they just heard from Nick for, you know, an hour. Right. So, um, yeah, the vote was unanimous and it was, it was good. So then we, uh, Nick and I went and hung out at the, was it the sleepy whale? I think it was called with, uh, with uh, Rod and and Ben Cott from Resonate, and uh, oh, Ben was We there. had a you know stayed up and joked around and had a good time till about midnight. Nick and I slept in my buddy's uh, mobile home and uh, out in Apache Junction. Came back in and and then went through the other typical meeting agenda. The stuff. fun stuff. Of the fun stuff. Yeah. The, why you yeah. joined the CRC? <laughs> yeah. Um. Which you know is that's okay. I mean, yeah. I think we've we've absorbed the fact that that's what we're that you know that's part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was our weekend, and uh, and I didn't sleep well in the mobile home, unfortunately, some for some reason. So I was awful sleepy. Yeah, I didn't sleep well either in those yeah. lovely beds at St. David. <laughs> That's the the beautiful thing about getting away is the different scenery, and the terrible thing about getting away for me is trying to sleep in a different situation I'm not used to. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So you always end up, when I went on my silent retreat to New York, it was in this monastery, little thin, you know, mattresses, tiny beds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so beautiful there, but man, I could not sleep and it made the days a little different. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was my, that's my big weekend. Yeah, you, you figure out how much of a creature of comfort you are. Yeah, right. You're really confronted with that. You're like, oh, could I have lived in a tent? <laughs> well, I mean, eventually, I suppose you can. Yeah. Your you body have, you adapts. Have to get used to it. Yeah. You used to it. Um, so, yeah, you, you'd sent me something about Ash Wednesday. What was that NPR uh, art, article about? Did you hear that on the radio or did you uh, – this is – You know, know here's the thing is I, I read it you or, read it, or okay. listened to it. Whatever I, I don't, and then I passed it on to you, and I thought, oh, well, we'll talk about this. And then you emailed me back and said, or we emailed and said, hey, we're going to do this podcast with oh, Paul Vanderclay. So that then you'd kind of left that behind. So I just left it behind, and so we did do this. Paul Vanderclay, a uh, Job John Van Donk. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Say his last name, and I can't say Job's last name. Von Octerberg. Von Octerberg, and he said it much better. He did. Than, yeah, it was. But anyway, that was a really interesting it was thing. Really interesting, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm glad we did that. I know that was a. I know that was a. I threw a wrench in the gears. But. You threw a wrench in my gears. So like, yeah. But we could talk about Ash Wednesday just for a moment because we yeah. are in Lent. We're in Lent. I'm reading Rod's devotional. You're reading Rod's devotional. Yeah, Rod's got Rod, our friend Rod Hugan, has a devotional called Parallels. Yes, it's uh, on Amazon. I'm responsible for a lot of books. You you are. I I, I told him so. He I took a sabbatical, and the next year I said. I'm going to, you're going to take a sabbatical and you're going to do a project. I did a project. You're going to do a project, which I should probably get my project published. I've been looking at it and thinking I might need to do that. So I might figure out how to do that. Yeah, you should. But anyway, so he wrote this devotional for Lent Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's a really beautiful devotional. Yeah. 
So your experience, you said I've never really done this thing, this or at least we it wasn't were, what you've grown up with. Yeah, it wasn't what I grew up with. I mean, my my dad was in the Lutheran Church, and so I'm sure he understood it and had done it when he was younger. But my mom had come to Christ in a Pentecostal world, and there was no, we didn't do Lent, didn't do Ash Wednesday, none of that. And so my dad and my mom settled on moderate Pentecostalism, I would yeah. say, and then or um, you know like slightly more flexible Baptist churches uh, when we came to Tucson. Um, and so we just weren't, I didn't grow up with it. Um, and so to me, it, and a lot of things I used to think, you know, I didn't even know, I thought deacons were like a Catholic thing. Mm, you know, I thought sure. all of this was just kind of a thing that Catholics did. And I didn't necessarily think it was bad. I just thought it was not our thing. Yeah. So I think I remember uh, I think it was probably when I went to Catalina Foothills and that was the, that was this Presbyterian church in which a lot of the people weren't Presbyterians. Right. You know? And so they they did some of that stuff and it like a small group participated right. and it was like, oh, are you going to go down to the Ash Wednesday thing? And I'd be like, no, you know, and that right. was fine. Right. I was just like, eh, I don't know what that is. Why are you putting ash on your head? Right. And uh, and. Yeah, so it just wasn't really there for me. And then about seven years ago when we were starting our church, uh, it just was further reinforced because there's a church down the street from us that does um, – they create a drive-through Ash oh, Wednesday experience. Nice, the drive-through. I think so, that was one of our last podcast. I mean, yes, when we did a podcast on yeah, this, we talked I, about I discussed, that. Yeah, I'd probably just seen it. And I was like – I saw these cars just pulling into the parking lot, you know, getting their – getting their ash head on and driving away. And now I don't want to say that that maybe there is real penitence happening here, but it felt way too convenient. So I think by that point I knew more about it, Sure. but I just went, I have this thing in me that I'm like, I'm not doing things that I don't mean. Right. And that's, that's been a, that's been a big theme of my Christian life. Like my, when I was 17 and I kind of really, um. Yeah, like it clicked at seventeen. My big thing, I actually was like, I'm not. I'm going to stop taking the Lord's Supper. I'm going to. I'm going to stop doing everything until I understand what it means. So I was like, I've got. There's a communion service coming up at my church in a month. So I am going to decide. I know what it means. I don't know if this was the best thing, but this was my journey uh, before I go do that. And so I plowed into the Bible and read about it. And, and, and I think I did do it because then I was like, oh, okay, I think I see what this is for. But I realized I'd just done stuff. And I was suspecting that a lot of people were just doing stuff right. and weren't thinking it through. So I think some, of th- some things carried on for me, things like Lent and Ash Wednesday, where I, even to this day, like reading a Lenten devotional and following the days, that feels that's not even doing it. I'm not even fasting, mm. but this is like a step further than I've ever gone with this thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm, I'm like, well, I know I can do that. And maybe if I, you know, sort of take some of that in, maybe I would be able to in good conscience, you know, declare a fast and decide that I'm going to really, you know, focus in on my, on my sure. sin. Sure. Yeah. But I hope if I do, it's it's not like a fast of something I just know I shouldn't. You know, like I eat too much cake, so right, I fast from right, cake. Right. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. So, Ash, what's your journey? Well, I, I, yours is fascinating because it's it's a very, um, it's a pretty classical Protestant journey, right? I mean, that's my experience too. I, yeah. I didn't grow up with uh, Lent. I didn't grow up with Ash Wednesday. I didn't grow up with any high church. Right. I was all low church for the most part. Define those for people. So, high high church follows a a pretty strict, strict structured yeah. not, way of service. I won't even say liturgy <laughs> or yeah. liturgy. So we try not to yeah. use all these words, but liturgy. So you know, uh, I I was introduced to it by the person who performed my wedding and discipled me for three years. And began to introduce fasting and the discipline of fasting. And he used uh-huh. Lent in particular, not Ash Wednesday, but just Lent as a way of working on that. Yeah. Beginning to learn the disciplines. Yeah. An entry way in. Um, I also, like you, felt like, oh, people just go through these rituals. And I had run into people who go through these yeah. rituals. It doesn't mean anything to yes. them. As I have moved further and further in towards following the church calendar and those kinds of things, I meet more and more people who uh, the ritual saved them. Yeah. It's what brought them back in. Yeah. You know, they, they did it as a kid, mm-hmm. and now as an adult, yeah. as they've entered back in, it has so much meaning to them. So it's an interesting thing. I, I, am, I am more convinced of that story and the fact that that happens and that that might be worth considering these days than I ever was. So I think, well, I started studying once we got a building, I really wanted to do Ash Wednesday because I wanted to mark the fast. Yeah. Um, we always invited our church to do it, but it was just more an invitation. This is part of the, you know, the season of the calendar and you, this is something you have an opportunity to do. Um, but as I studied it, it was interesting to me that, so Ash Wednesday by the fifth century, some things came together. One was people always got baptized on Easter. Hmm. That 40 days before Easter um, was when you got catechized. So that means you got trained before your baptism. You were Hmm. instructed in the faith. And what people were fasting, so the fast usually was just there was a fast a few days before Easter, and then that got stretched out more and more. And then so by the time the fifth century happens, you have people fasting for those 40 days and then on the Sundays is a feast day. Okay. Um, but what's interesting about it is they weren't fasting like, oh, I'm fasting chocolate. So no. what they were fasting in particular was a meal so that they would have cut out time to pray for the catacomb, the person yeah. who is being trained and to be baptized. So you're completely, yeah. you're fasting to care spiritually for, for people who are going to be yeah. in danger in a sense of being attacked by the enemy as they're learning their faith. Yeah. And understanding what it means to follow Jesus and make a public proclamation by, so so that really got me excited yeah. about what Lent was about. Not just fasting to grow better in my faith or whatever, but to really be part of something that was bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I just love the the marking of uh, your head in the sense of saying I'm, and you know, in the Old Testament you would cover your head in you know sackcloth and ashes, right, in order to signify that you were fasting something. Or you were you were mourning something bad, yeah. you know your sin, the fault, your nation's sin, right. the death of somebody. Like you were in a time of mourning, and though I don't think we, I think when we, the other thing is that Lent is there to prepare us for Easter. 
Yeah. And I, that was the other thing that was surprising is that as a Protestant, Easter was no different to me than Christmas. It was a little bit better, but it was just a Sunday. Whereas yeah. all of a sudden I have this invitation for 40 days to really focus yeah. on the death of Jesus and his resurrection. It's not that I shouldn't be doing that all the time, right? but it actually gives me a rhythm to kind of move into the rest of the year mm-hmm. with that. So, Which we, intrigues me, which is why I'm like, I feel like I'm like wading in. Yes, yeah. Like at our church, we now do a Good Friday that's very unorthodox, but it's very preparatory. Um, our last one, just like we'll really look in it like the last one we dialed in on our responsibility in the Christ being killed. It's a good one. Um, and it was dark and, but like memorable. I mean, I think everybody that went, they were surprised when they came. Um, and we won't do that again. We're not planning to do the same thing in kind of in the spirit of not getting in the rut. Right. But, um, but yeah, we're starting to think about making Easter more meaningful and preparing for it. You know, I'm I'm intrigued by other ways to to do that. Right. So, and then that's that's the cool thing is what I and this happened with your Good Friday is what I found is that all of a sudden, if you take what the church calendar is doing seriously, yeah, you have this a whole new realm of discipleship for yeah. your people, right? And and an evangelistic method because when we put the cross on your forehead, yeah. we per- my family purposely goes out to eat, yeah. Hmm. Because now it's like a, the public. Um, ooh, we just my sermon Sunday was about prayer and not doing things to be seen, right? And uh, so there's now you come to the sticking point of there is the publicly lived faith, and then the tension of what does it mean to do it in secret versus what does it mean to proclaim, right? Which which are both there is a real tension there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the cross. The nice thing is the cross goes off the next day. Right. So this is just a moment. You know. So we had conversation with the cash register because lady because she was nervous because my wife had ordered meat and she oh. she said you, you want that vegetarian because she you know you fast on yeah. Friday if you're Catholic yeah. from meat and and on Ash Wednesday and so she just want, didn't want make she wanted to make sure she, we weren't yeah. violating our faith. Yeah. Which was a really interesting opportunity to talk a little bit about it. So. Huh. That that is a um, yeah that that's a cool way of talking about those things. Yeah, uh, so I, it gets me excited. It also I just as a pastor who's busy, I always feel like I need anything that can reset me. Any yeah. I want I will use anything to reset me to my spiritual life because if not if I'm not constantly making sure the rope is really tight to Jesus, it's super easy for me as a pastor to drift from my salvation that he, you know how Hebrews talks about that. We should be very careful not to drift away. I think it's in chapter two. Yeah. Um, and so that that's important to me. So I'm look, always looking like, is it tight? Can, what can I do to keep it tight yeah. to Jesus? So that's a big part for me of why Ash hmm. Wednesday and Lent is important. Yeah. Well, I'm, we'll see where I, if where there, you land. Yeah, there's I'm, a, there's a, if there's an area oh, well, there's a lot of areas where I feel like I'm, you know, kind of pressing in, it's a lot more of uh, rhythms. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about I love about it is I don't feel like, oh, Andy, Mission Church, this would be a big deal for them. For me, it's like this is this is really important to me, and as a pastor, yeah. I lead in this. And 
you could do it or not. You could do it or not. Yeah. We had our biggest ass Wednesday service ever. Yeah. It was packed. There was probably 60 or 70 people. We've never had more than 25. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was big. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting to me. No, that's cool. Um, so then, uh, yeah, our last, our last thing from the, uh, Tuesday news roundup yes. is, uh, yoga, yoga, yoga. Yeah. You, you've brought up, uh, we, we will be discussing Bethel church and somehow in our next week. decision that we're not talking about it this week. Cause I don't know squat about it. Um, came up yoga and really I would probably like to wait on that but i will say <laughs> so we'll, let we'll me, give you a let teaser me, but let me let's tease it yeah so every single pose in yoga is a worship pose to a pagan god right so just to, and at the end of every yoga session when you are in the point when the the uh yoga master is praying and you think you're not you're like clearing your mind he's praying a pagan prayer over you right or she so we're gonna. I'm gonna throw that out there so you yeah. can be uncomfortable and wrestle with that. I'm not making a statement about what I think about yoga. We've already acknowledged people in our churches do it, and both of our churches, and and so it's. Uh, I think we want to go there, talk about it. I I also don't. I've never done yoga, nor have I. Um, I just I just listened to Dan Allender highly recommend yoga. Um, I. Yeah, I did too. I listened yeah. to that same podcast. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, but I've never done it, never been, um, I know a lot of people who do, who think it's great, uh, including Christians, including very conservative ones. Yes. And, uh, and so this is always an interesting thing where you take something that, that was, I mean, this is the discussion with, even with Christmas, right? Like in the Christmas tree, it's the same. Yes. But it, it's not exactly the no. same. But there are parallels, parallels to like when something was once pagan or could still be to some, is it off limits or how do you do that? Um, yeah. So, okay. We'll come back to that. I yeah. That's, that's I think that's good. There's the teaser. There's the little, uh, and next week on uh, the Tuesday news roundup. And maybe, you know, the other thing is that we did talk about, we didn't bring up, but just the coronavirus. Yes. And uh-huh. and that maybe in the uh, probably when this